welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we are doing a biblical balance, legalism, and antinomianism. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, everyone. Hey, Brian. Hello, Brian, and all of the listeners out there. Hope you're doing well today. I'm doing well today. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing great. It's a rainy, yes. it's a rainy, rainy day. Kind We've got a... lots of rain on the horizon, but that's okay sometimes. Very. Yeah, it is. Makes you appreciate the nice days mm-hmm. and gives you an opportunity to, you know, have your grass grow another foot there is... to try to <laughs> mow it in between. There is, there is a thing like when it's rainy, like summer rain is, is there's a beauty to it. Mm. And like, I don't know if you ever noticed just how green it's like things are yes. way greener, mm-hmm. and, and there's just a lushness to it. Yeah. So I try to keep that in mind instead of being upset that it's yeah, raining. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So uh, a couple of housekeeping things. Um, obviously, we know they people need to do some things. Yes. So what we would love for our people, our listeners to do is if you listen and aren't subscribed, please subscribe because that is really helpful. And also give us a review. Um, they, everyone says that reviews are super helpful to getting the content to other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when, you know, podcasts see that this podcasters reviewed highly, right. they want other people to listen to it. So that would help us out greatly. Also, share uh, your thoughts uh, through email. Give us your feedback at f4l at oakhillbc.org. We would love to know what you think, what you want us to talk about, yeah, things tell that us, have been helpful. Tell us where you're listening from. Just shout yeah. out and give us a hi. Uh, give us a hello. Uh, we have uh, on our statistics, there are some people that live live internationally. Live abroad, and that's yes. super, that's mm-hmm. super interesting to me that two doofuses from Indiana. I know. Have, Reach out. So if it's one person in New Zealand Let us that's know, yeah. downloading all these episodes, or one person in Australia that's downloaded a bunch of episodes, just say hi. Yes, say, we would love to know say who good day. you are. Because uh, yeah, okay. Now now they're like, nope, never mind. <laughs> We'd love to know who you are and and uh, what your what your story is. What that's you're right. doing there. Yes. So. Um, but to all of listeners, we appreciate you listening. And uh, we have we're going to be we've got this episode. And one more, mm-hmm. and then we're going to take a break. So July 4th will be our last episode for this, I don't know if you want to call it season, or yeah. for the summer. And then we'll be back in the second Monday of August. Yeah. So that gives us a little bit of break. We're actually recording in May right now. We're getting ahead of the, the game yeah. so that we have a very busy summer with <laughs> camps and retreats. About every other week there's an activity, and then there's there little activities throughout the church. We use the summer at our church to do a lot of relational mm-hmm. work, discipleship, discipleship like yeah. meeting with families, hanging out, just so that we can build those relationships up and that the fellowship of the church can be built up as well. Yeah, And so um, we're going to be spending our time doing a lot of those types of things. And so we're going to take a break. Yeah, yeah, because we'll, we're not really taking a break. We'll just take a break from take this. Take a break from this. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, tell us what we're doing today. Yeah, today we're going to do a biblical balance. And these are episodes where we take a topic that has kind of two sides. And, and both are biblical, or at least they come from, you know, Scripture. And oftentimes people come down on one side harder than the other. And that's not necessary. What or, we need to do. Or they take the idea, like, like yes. what we're going to talk about today these ideas are not necessarily biblical they, right. they've they've been taken from too scripture. far yes right and they take them either like out of context right. or, or just hold on to one side more than the other and uh, and what we need to do is believe 
all that the Bible teaches. And right. so that's what we're really advocating for is not um, negating biblical truth, but rather believing all of biblical truth together. Right. And, and so, with, with the right way. So today we're talking about legalism and antinomianism. Yeah, that's and a nice word. I am super excited about this episode because I think people um, don't know what legalism is. I right. think that they misunderstand and we use... We, we abuse the word legalism. Mm -hmm. I think we don't even know what antinomianism is. And I think that people fall into that category more than they think. Yes. Actually, people fall into both these categories without fully understanding what they are. Yeah, because it's not, it, it can be like a, uh, you know, this is a, I have this understood belief that says, you know, legalism. But most people would never say these things would never say something that would technically be legalism, but it's kind of the attitude, right? right. It's more of like a, an attitude of the heart or the or the motive behind some of the things we do. And so, what we want to do is talk through this. And um, you know, we've we've used several resources. Uh, the Whole Christ by Ferguson is like one of the most helpful mm. books you can get on this. We we go to gotquestions.org for some uh, information. I use the Pocket Dictionary of Theological Terms. That's really helpful. Do you put it in your pocket? <laughs> you can. You can. I, I do. When I was in Bible college, I did. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, and uh, and other resources uh, that, uh, yeah, just other random things that we look up. But what we want to do first is define these terms, okay? Mm. So what what are these things? If people don't really know what they are, what is, what is legalism? Well, the definition from your pocket dictionary, mm -hmm. which I have one as well, I don't carry it in my pocket like you do, but it says the attitude that identifies morality with the strict observance of the law. Religious legalism focuses on the obedience to laws and moral codes based on the misguided assumptions that such obedience is a means of gaining divine favor. Right. Yeah. So essentially it's, it's an expectation that good works are required to somehow deserve or make up for your salvation. Right. Yeah. So it's not necessarily, this is an interesting thing that I was studying. It's not necessarily thinking that you're perfect or that you don't need grace. Like you can think that you're not perfect. You can think I need God's grace, but it simply adds the need for works with grace or the expectation of grace because of your works. Right. Like you work a lot. And so therefore, obviously God's going to give you grace mm -hmm. or you think, well, of course I need grace, but I, but I really also need to do good works yeah. in order to, to get God's favor too. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that's all what legalism yeah. technically is. And right? we'll give some examples of that in just, just a moment. Yeah. So what about antinomianism? We yeah. Antinomianism about... is that's a, uh, what, what's the term? It's like, a. uh, Five, is it $5 word? What's the term? Yeah. Well, it actually, if you break the word down, right, anta and nomi yes, means, yes. means against the law. Right. It's anti and then namas, right? So against the law or like no law. And so the, term, the definition from the pocket dictionary, it says an ethical system that denies the binding nature of any supposedly absolute or external laws on individual behavior. Yeah, this view denies the relevance or the binding nature of the Old Testament law for the Christian. So it essentially holds that all of the law has been done away with mm -hmm. and we don't have to obey any of the law. Now we're not we know and understand that that ceremonial laws and civic laws are not binding, but the moral laws we would think for a Christian are still binding, but 
the antinomianism, the person who falls into this would say, oh, it, it doesn't matter if I sin. It doesn't matter if I obey that because everything is under the grace of God. That's exactly, yeah, that's exactly right. And so this is, this is gets. So you really, can see there's a nugget of truth. Right. In all, in both of these views. Right. But how are these fleshed out? How do they, how do they appear to us? I think some examples would be helpful. Uh, uh, absolutely. And as I was kind of writing out some of these examples, it became really clear to me. And I and I actually found uh, I was able to think through like real life examples. I won't share those. Uh, but but here's here's a few for legalism. Okay. So in legalism, some examples are like thinking that good things should happen to you because you're a good Christian who goes to church a lot, reads the Bible and tries to make all the right choices. And I'm thinking me, you know, I'm thinking particularly of students because mm-hmm. I interact with students a lot. This is rampant in students. Mm-hmm. Like it's amazing, especially kids who've grown up in church. They think that good things should happen to them because they're a good Christian. They go to church a lot and they try to do the right thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, here's one believing that staying pure and never kissing before marriage guarantees that you're going to have a happy marriage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that's a legalistic understanding. Yeah, I think about when I think about legalism, my mind immediately goes to like a pharisaical type of view. You know, the right. Pharisees who who devoted themselves or, or the the original idea of Pharisees was it was a group of people that would I would devote themselves to the teaching, to studying the mm-hmm. law, mm-hmm. and they wanted to preserve the the uh, God's law within the the Jewish religion. Okay, that doesn't sound bad, right? But when they made everything the law, and if you disobeyed the law, or they took it even further past where it needed to go, right? And were adding laws and and defining laws in a way that that God never meant. Never meant. And Jesus even clarifies some of these things, you know, because he talks to the Pharisees and he says if. If someone falls, you know, because he's talking about healing on on the Sabbath, Mm -hmm. and he says, if one of you neighbor who has an ox that falls into a pit on the Sabbath, who who would not go and rescue go and rescue him? Well, that technically is work, right? Jesus is saying. So, are you breaking the Sabbath law? No, the intent of the law is to keep you to keep God holy. But if an accident happens, if a if an emergency, if something that if if an act of mercy is needed, you're not breaking the Sabbath law, Right. right? Yeah, and so so Jesus explains these things to the Pharisees that they have gotten into a legalistic form that to gain God's favor, yeah, to gain God's love, they have hung everything on their on their duty and their um, their obedience yeah. to the law. Well, and so if you feel that God loves mm-hmm. you more when you do these things, when you right. when you for us when we read our Bible or when we pray or when right. we go to church, like oh God loves me more when I do these things. Then, or or if I don't do these things, if I sin, less, that God right. loves me less, um, then that is legalism. Yeah, that's we right. We cannot get any more or any less of God's love. Well, and this is, and the, I think that's important for us to understand. Yes, thank you. Yeah, like that's exactly right. Like you, God loves you perfectly. Like when you were a sinner, Christ died for you. So, so it's not like the works generate more love from God. Right. Um, another thing is, is that like kind of what you were talking about with the Pharisees is that they were taking really what they felt were ways that they could honor God. 
their own personal convictions. So they're taking the the law, what the law actually said, and then they're building on to that mm-hmm. ways that they felt they needed to live it out. And then they made those commandments right. for all the people. So that's taking your own personal convictions and applying it universally yes. to all people right. or, or all Christians. That's legalism. When you say... You know, the Bible says you should not do this. Mm -hmm. Well, for me, the way I don't do that, like being modest, like the Bible says you should be modest. Well, the way I be modest is by, you know, always wearing pants. I never wear shorts, right? right? Um, Well, then, therefore, all Christians need to wear only pants. You can never wear shorts. Well, that's legalism. That's taking your own personal conviction and applying it to all people. That's right. Yeah. Another example of this would be the Judaizers. Yes. Who who commanded that all Christians must be circumcised. Right. And this is the Galatian controversy that Paul deals with to say that, you know, to be a Christian, to follow Christ, you must still obey the law, specifically the 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 the, the circumcision, the ceremonial laws. You have to obey all of these things or and and follow Christ. And follow, that's right. Because what they're doing is they're adding what what Paul and I, Ferguson is super helpful with that is that what what Paul is not saying is that doing good works is bad. Right. And we'll get into this a little bit, but like doing good works is not bad. It's when you're doing good works because you think you have to in order to get God's He's not saying that being circumcised is bad. Right. But he's saying if you command Christians to be circumcised, then you're basing your faith on that covenant and not the new covenant, which is based in the mercy and grace of Of, of, of Christ. Christ. That's right. Yeah. So. Well, then there's... Examples of antinomianism. Do you want to read some of those? Yeah, it's just feeling that uh, good things should happen to you because God loves you and that bad things only happen as a result of the enemy, not because of your sin. So thinking that there's not consequences or there's not repercussions that, you know, it's like, um, uh, you know, Satan is the one that's doing all of these mm-hmm. things. Now, we know Satan is real and active, and there is temptation that's real. Right. We also Absolutely. know that many of our issues and problems are results of our choices and the choices of sinful people around us. Yeah. These uh, these examples, the way I did this is, is and you'll see it, the way these, these work, these are almost like uh, mirror opposites of each other. Mm. So each example is basically an opposite to the to the legalistic mm. example. So that one is is the opposite to you know feeling that that good things should happen to you because of what you do. Mm. This one is feeling that good things should happen to you just because God wants them to. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, well, that's not that's that's just because of Satan, not right. because of anything bad in your life. So what's the next one here? Yeah, believing this is this is I'm gonna I'm gonna draw this out for a minute. Believing that God doesn't care if you live with your boyfriend or girlfriend because before marriage, because he only cares if you love each other. Hmm. So that's the mirror opposite of believing that you're gonna have a good marriage or happy marriage if you're just pure and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I'm bringing this out is because of some real life um, examples that I know of where I have seen people live out. What, and what we're going to find is that legalism and antinomianism are not really different. We're sure. going to talk about that. But they live out legalism in their life until they find out that that it doesn't work like that. Yeah. And instead of going to the gospel, they just flip mm-hmm. and go to antinomianism, right. where it's like, well, if being pure doesn't get me a happy marriage, well, then God must not care about right. purity. So, yeah, God's just going to love me no matter what. He's going to accept me in my in my sinfulness. In my sin. And right. that's where there is a nugget of truth there. Right. But we have to be careful because uh, every instance that Jesus interacted with somebody, 
in sin, mm -hmm. he challenged them to leave that sin and follow God. That's right, always. And then, then that's the kind of whole key behind this is, is really a transformation. Um, you know, thinking that God isn't concerned about how much you read your Bible or practice spiritual disciplines, as long as you love him. Yeah. That's an example of antinomianism. Right. Yeah, it makes me think of like a, like a Gnostic sort of view that, where yeah. the flesh, you know, the Gnostics were thought the flesh was the problem. And that that the spirit was what could be what was be pure and saved, and they had a they had an unbiblical view of the resurrection and all these types of things, and so they they whatever you did in the flesh didn't matter. Yeah, you mm -hmm. could sin and do all these things because your spirit was pure in in Christ. That's was, exactly right. Yeah, that's that's some of the scholars even say that. That's exactly what they say is they they draw that to the Gnostics too. And then, you know, find this one example that I think is really important. And I see this. I see this in people's lives. I see people live legalistic lives and then when it fails, they they flip-flop and mm. they go right to this. So so if you're a legalist, you're going to think that your own personal convictions are the way everyone's supposed to live. And then when that messes your life up, you, you, you've switched to thinking that since God accepts us all the way that we are, we can simply embrace his grace and mercy and just live our own personal lifestyle choices right. however we want. God the, doesn't really care. The, reali us. the reality of this, and, and this is where culture ends up, because if you follow this to its natural conclusion, you end up with a, a very, very, very universal type gospel. That's exactly right. And you have the theology that many people ascribe to that God, it's like this uh, wagon wheel type theology that God is the hub. He's at the center mm. and the spokes are the different religions and yeah. whatever path you choose, you can all get to the hub. You can all get to the, 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 center. the center. You can all get to yeah. God. Yeah. And, um, that's where this theology takes us, and it is it is a lie. It's yeah. it's dangerous and it's harmful and it's heresy, because the Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Right, not good works, and not not just doing your own thing. It's it's something else. It's something other than that. Um, but there's there's reasons why people believe this. I mean, like they people who are legalists, people who are antinomians, like they use the Bible to support. Their arguments. Yeah. So what are some of those uh, arguments, some of those scriptures, rather, that they would say, well, here's why? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a couple of places. First uh, Peter, you know, he's quoting uh, Leviticus, I believe, where it mm -hmm. says, you shall be holy for I am holy. You know, God is a holy being, and he calls us to holiness. Right. He calls us to uh, sanctification, to, to be set apart, to be like him. And so you can take that too far in, in legalism if you don't have a proper understanding of what what we're being called to, and if it's not dependent on the gospel. Yeah. First Corinthians 6, 9 through 10, he says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, or revilers, swindlers. None of them will inherit the kingdom of God. Mm. Uh, that's that's mm -hmm. I mean that can that text can easily be used yeah. to say oh well see if you don't do if you don't stay away from these things then there's no chance for you well didn't Jesus even say if your righteousness does not exceed the scribes and the Pharisees then you know you cannot inherit the kingdom of God right. That's right it's it's one of those things to where we have a wrong understanding of the gospel because we, and if we read the whole Bible, we know yeah. we're not righteous. Yeah. Well, and that's, what's interesting about all of these, even James two twenty four. you see, a, um, it says, listen to this. It says, you see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. Right. And if you don't read 
the passages, literally just verses mm-hmm. around these passages right. we just read, then you're not going to understand the fullness of what they're actually saying. Right. You're taking it out of context. That's why you need to teach. This is why we need to teach the whole Bible. Yeah. We need to understand theological doctrinal concepts mm-hmm. because if we don't understand that, we can definitely extrapolate a verse and make make everything about that. Yeah, it's like what Jesus said to the Pharisees. Like you, you, um, what does he say? You strain a gnat. Uh, what does he say? What's that? You know, you know the verse oh, I'm talking about. Yes, I can't remember off the top he, of my he's head. He's saying you strain out the gnat, uh, but you you essentially like leave a bunch of other stuff. So you're so concerned about this one tiny little detail, right? But you don't you don't focus on the whole, and you and you actually end up, uh, you know, doing more harm. Um, are you looking it up? Yes, it I, says, can, I cannot. Uh, I, I, that's yo, not you my strain notes. out a gnat but swallow a camel. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's more extreme than what I can remember. You're worried. You're worried about getting the gnat out of your food, but then you eat a whole camel. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's crazy. So then there's there's some verses for the antinomian side though as well. Um, Romans three twenty seven through twenty eight. It says, "Where then is boasting? It is excluded by what kind of law of works." No, but by law of faith, for we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, well, that's that's uh, interesting because what we just read in James two. <laughs> yeah, Galatians two or Galatians five. The, Galatians is all about this whole. Yeah, Galatians thing. is a big one. Uh, it says in verse five and then sixteen and then twenty five. For it was freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not subject yourself again to the yoke of slavery, meaning slavery by the law. But I and then sixteen. But I say. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. So it's all just spiritual. Just be spiritual, and if you only read those verses, then it's like, well, what does spiritual mean? Well, it means just, you know, loving God, loving people, whatever right. whatever that looks like, whatever the culture says that looks like. It can be anything. Right. First um, Corinthians 6, 12, all things are, this. listen to this, all things are lawful for me. And then he says, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Yeah. So here's what's interesting. I, I think you can make, I, I personally think it's easier to make a biblical argument for legalism than it is for antinomianism. Because the verses for antinomianism are so careful to say, mm-hmm. but I'm not talking about just sinning, you know, like crazy. Like they all, they all so quickly do that. Whereas the verses for legalism are within a longer stream of argumentation. Right. Um, so I don't know if you agree with that or not, but no, but. I definitely, definitely. Yeah. So well, I think there's, I also think that there are merits in each of these and there are faults in, in both of these things. This is why people are attracted to them and then why we, we fight against them. Yeah, so yeah. let's talk about that for a minute. What, what in legalism do you see? So in legalism and you'll see again, this is again, sort of the mirror opposite sort of thing. Um, I was thinking about what does it emphasize and what does it obscure? So the emphases are the good things that mm-hmm. we would agree with. And the obscurities are the things that are like, well, this is true too. And, and, and it kind of leaves that off to the side. I think it emphasizes legalism emphasizes God's righteousness and justice. It's all about like God is righteous. Mm-hmm. He is just, he wants these things. Um, he has a desire for us to be holy as he is holy. That is clear from scripture. He hates sin, and he wants our lives to be transformed into something new. We, we live differently. Mm-hmm. We should be different as Christians. Um, but I think it obscures things. I think it obscures his love, kind of makes God's love for sinners uh, obscure. It uh, obscures his mercy and his grace uh, for us. 
It obscures that the fact that we need salvation because we are not able mm-hmm. to achieve God's holiness. Right. And so it doesn't really make that clear. And it, and it obscures the fact that we are transformed. Right. Like we are in a process of transformation. Well, it has a wrong view of justification, but it also has a wrong view of sanctification exactly. as well. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to go through antinomianism, you'll see it's very yeah. similar. Yeah, it emphasizes God's love, grace, and mercy our need for salvation due to our inability to achieve God's holiness, our transformation. But then it it obscures God's righteousness and justice, his desire for us to be holy as he is holy, his hatred of sin, our transformed life. Yeah, the fact that our life is supposed to be different, it's like not really concerned about that. Right, yeah, it's just, it's almost as if there was a uh, strain of thought that was kind of like this easy believism Mm-hmm. That was like just just believe, just believe. Let's just get you saved. Let's just say this prayer. Right. Become a Christian, and then God will work everything out on the back end. But you know the and to some extent it is. You, there are things that you you can't fully understand until you become a believer. There's right. things that you don't know, and this it's not revealed to you till after you're a believer. But Jesus also tells his followers, "Hey, count the cost. Right. You need to think carefully about becoming a Christian because." While there is free grace, mm-hmm. there is freedom, there is all these things, we are basically giving our lives to Christ, and he is now our Lord, and we we will follow him and, and live for him and, and seek after him the yeah. rest of our life. Yeah. So it's not as if you're saying, uh, oh, I'm a Christian, uh, and, and I don't have to do anything. Right. Right. We're not yeah. earning our salvation, but we're but a true proper believer is going to live out their faith in a in in a right way. Well, and I think so I think the key issues here are that like with with legalism, legalism is essentially all about what you do. Antinomianism is essentially all about how you feel. And the truth is is about is about the love that you have for God and how you express that through what you do in the right order. Because it is, it is always God loves us, and we love him because he first loved us, and then we are transformed into saints. Right. Right? And yeah. so there is an order. This order of salvation is, is an important uh, concept to how this works. Yeah. If you, um, have a, if you have a proper view of soteriology, right. this, these issues aren't, aren't really issues. They, they, they kind of go away because you— you understand what it means to be saved, right. to come to faith in Christ, and then and then live that out. It's only an issue in in how we uh, in how we're actually appropriating that, how right. we're actually applying it to our lives, yeah. which we'll talk about that kind yeah. of at the end. But but these are these are different concepts, right. right? Right. Like they're totally different. They're opposite, but they're also but they're exactly not. the same. Yeah. If you if you get a chance, read the whole Christ because oh, uh, so Sinclair Ferguson makes the argument that. That legalism and antinomianism, yeah, it's hard excuse to say. me, <laughs> uh, are are not so very different. They they share uh, the, the same roots and they come from the same place, and really they stand opposed to the gospel. See, I, I've always thought that that was true, but I never really understood exactly how they were the same. And it wasn't until I was really preparing for this that I, I think I came to a real clear understanding because of what Ferguson was drawing out. I mean, he just goes through Scripture and, and points out how it works. You know, they, they are super different. 
and, and many people think of them opposites, but but really they're just extremes of the same misunderstanding. Right. So there's a reason they they are different from each other because they are extremes, but they're extremes of one bad unbiblical thought, and that thought is that it divorces God's character from God's law. When you think of God being separate from His law, His like the way that He has organized moral living then you are you're falling into the trap of either legalism or antinomianism mm-hmm. and you are thinking that god is a cold uncaring unrelated person um to his love for us mm-hmm. and so like you you think of the law as being something that is is unrelated to god's love and character right. when really god's law is simply part of his revelation of his love and character for his creatures right yeah right? Mm-hmm. yeah tim keller says even in just the foreword of the book he says the legalist wearily assumes that the burden of the law while the antinomianism refuses it and casts it off by insisting that god is really loving he wouldn't ask for it yeah so i mean you're they're coming from from the same kind of place in like you said divorcing the character and not not fully understanding what the purpose of the law is mm-hmm. and the, the gospel and how all of that sort of interacts together. Yeah, yeah, and, it, and it's a really, it is a, an easy trap to fall into. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the first trap. I mean, Keller, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, uh, Ferguson deals with uh, the serpent and Eve and how the serpent is really just trying to get Eve to think that God's restriction, the one restriction, first of all, he gets you to focus on the one restriction instead of the thousands, the millions, the infinite freedom that he's given you. Right. He makes you focus on the one restriction, and then he starts to make you think, God doesn't really care about you. Right. This restriction is actually about God not caring about you. It's him about it's what God wants to keep from you. Right. And that's when we start divorcing God's love for us from the law. Mm-hmm. When we think that the law is keeping us from God's love, uh, that's when that's when we're in the trap. But when we right. remember that God's law is actually like, here's how life works because I love you. I'm trying to help you with this. That's when we're like, ha I love this. This right. is so good for me. Right. Yeah. Um, it's like we've experienced this in the youth group many times where we have an event or an activity. And it's like you get to do all these fun things. Here's a couple of rules. Right. They're like, oh, rules. Uh, yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. no, but you don't understand. You get to do all of these things. You have all of these freedoms. And there's right, just right. a couple things that's going to help keep you safe mm-hmm. and help us to 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 walk in the Do right not way jump off the roof like you know, like i'm jumping off the roof exactly yeah you I'm don't doing want it to, you don't want me to you don't want have my fun life. yeah exactly yeah. like no i don't want you to die <laughs> so yeah. that's exactly right i i was thinking of it is like uh it's like one dragon with mm. two heads and the reason cuz cuz i just imagine this dragon just two heads they're snapping and biting at each other they hate each other but they're still the same dragon and uh, the reality is we need something to rescue us from the dragon. We need uh, a savior. <laughs> right. We need somebody to come in and, and, and deal with this. And, um, you know, some people like to use the, the road and the ditches mm-hmm. as an analogy. And mm-hmm. I've used this before, and I still will. Whereas on one side of the road, you've got antinomianism as a ditch that you fall into, and the other side is legalism as a ditch that you fall into. And the thing that you have to keep remembering is that those are both ditches, mm-hmm. and the road is something totally different than right. the ditch. So that's really important. Yeah, I think that's really important for us to understand that, um, it, you know, once again, we need to have a proper understanding of, of the gospel to be able to live this out. So what is the answer? Yeah, so 
the answer is it's in the Bible and it's the gospel. Right. Right. It's it's unity with Christ. That's what Ferguson in his book, The Whole Christ, that's what he's drawing out is that when you are united to Christ, that is where your good works come from. Your good works don't come from you. Right. And your good works don't add to your salvation. Your good works come from being connected to, abiding in, being united mm-hmm. to Jesus Christ and the salvation he gives you. Yeah, I think it's good to recognize the gospel is not the middle way, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's instead the way out. It's it's the truth that we need to right. to, to be able to push these extremes to the side. We, right. get, a, we get a biblical view of... Who, who Jesus is. And, you know, the gospel, what, what legalism and Antonism both miss is that the gospel is founded in the relationship that we gain with the Lord. That's exactly right. And so if we if we miss those things, if we if we miss out on on knowing how much God loves us, being adopted into his family, and, and all of these types of ideas that we find with soteriology, yeah. a proper view, then we will end up in a, in a false and belief. These, and that's the thing, like when I'm talking about Jesus, like he, Jesus is the one, the gospel is what kills that dragon right. that says that God's law and his, and his love are disconnected. Mm-hmm. He's the one who comes in and says, no, no, I am the one who does the good works for you because you can't. And he's right. the one who comes in and says, no, no, God does care about your righteousness. And that's why I give it to you right. and make you righteous. He kills this dragon and leaves us with something new and, and glorious. Right. Yeah. One of my one of my big pet peeves is that people look at the Old Testament and they say, well, that's all about God's love or God's law. And they look right. at the New Testament and say, that's all about God's love. But if you have a careful examination of the Old Testament and the New Testament, you see the same God mm-hmm. with both love and, and law and justice in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Exactly it is right. very clear and very apparent. So you just happen to pull out the verses that you want to hear and that you want to see. Right. And so that's that's a part of the problem is not not understanding the whole the Bible, whole Bible, the That's whole right. Christ, the whole Bible. Well, here's some here's some verses that help us see these things come together so quickly. My, my favorite is, is for this whole issue. My to me, it is the answer, the the one verse that I need, mm. um, or you know, verses, and it's Titus two eleven through fourteen. This shows us that Christ rescues us from condemnation, um, but but He does more than that. So listen mm. to this. It says, "For the grace of God has appeared." That's Jesus bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us, this is it, to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds right this is this to me is is the answer jesus comes in he's the one who who purifies you and redeems you from your lawlessness because of god's love god's love overcomes your sin because of what jesus does does and then he makes you not just a good person but like zealous Mm -hmm. for good works right you now have a a desire for good works right and that's where you have the antinomianism feeling and the legalistic doing coming together. Right. You you love to do what God loves yeah, because we, you love him now. We've got to understand that we are uh, depraved creatures without hope. The Bible says no one is righteous. We are all in sin. 
when the when the the hope of Jesus comes into our lives through the power of the gospel, we are transformed and we now have a hope. Right. And those good works have a purpose in our lives. Yeah. Not to earn salvation, but they're an outworking of true salvation in our lives. And that's what this verse is saying. It also says in Ephesians 2, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God God wants us to walk in good works, good deeds. He wants us to live these things out, but it's only it's only in the right order that mm-hmm. we see this happening. It's it's coming from the place where the gospel is deeply rooted in our heart. Yeah. You know, this whole controversy comes to light in Galatians. And if you if you read the book of Galatians, you see Paul it deals with both sides of this because the Judaizers were a very real group that that caused a lot of a problems, lot of problems. Yeah. in the church in Galatia. And he he deals with this and he tells them, listen, you're freed from the law. Yeah. Right? But you also aren't free to just go do what you want. You're right. free to walk in the spirit, right? He says here, I say walk in the spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. He's saying you are to walk in the spirit so that now you're not going to fall into sin, but you're going mm-hmm. to be living out these types of things. And he goes through and he says, don't, don't do these things. He says, but when you walk in the spirit, the fruits of the spirit will be evident. Right. And, and again, he, yeah. it's not it's not a list. This is where people get the fruits of the spirit wrong. They think of it as a list of that I need to accomplish and right, put right, right, into right. my a life. List. That's a legalistic yeah. view right, right there. Right. What it what it's what the what the fruit of the spirit is if you focus on your relationship with Christ, walking mm-hmm. in the spirit. Right. These things will flow out of you. Well, and that's exactly what he says cuz he he also says in verse 17, for the flesh sets its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, flesh for they are in opposition um so that you may not do the things that you please. It, 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 he also in in chapter 5, he tells you he says clearly like we know what the the desires of the flesh are and he lists out right. these things it's almost like here are the fruit of the flesh and here's the fruit of the spirit exactly and the fruit of the spirit is everything that you see in God's law mm-hmm. like God's law is really instructing those things but the problem is the law can't produce those things because we don't have hearts that can produce that and that's why i love the old testament actually brings this out well can, um, can i make uh, one yeah, yeah before we go, go too fast yeah because he says at the very end of this he says uh, he says the fruits of the spirit gentleness self-control against such things there is no law right meaning not meaning that the law does not uh, is not connected. Is not to connected it. to it, but it means that you can't you can't add a law or make up a law that is going to be better than than living out and walking in the spirit. Because when you do that, you're going to be obeying right. God's law. Right. There's no way to exude love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, forgiveness, and and also have room to hate someone, right? Like yeah. the Bible says, or to, or to dishonor, <laughs> dishonor your, your mother parents. and father. Yeah, exactly. Right. So if we're living out these things, walking in the spirit, these fruits are coming out of us. The, the obedience of the law will come into play. This is how we're in this. Is, okay. The, the old Testament already told us this is what was going to happen. This, this is key. All right. The spirit is the author of the law. Like, don't forget that the Holy spirit who is given to us that we walk in is the one who wrote the Old Testament through men, okay? Listen to Jeremiah 31, 33, and 34. It says, this is, 
make sure I'm in the right place. This is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. Listen, he says, I will put my law within them, and on their heart I will write it, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Mm. They will not teach again each man to his neighbor, each man brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all will know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. He says, For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. And this is key. Ezekiel 36 says the same sort of thing, but it says slightly different. It says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you. That's the gospel rescuing us, right? You will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and all of your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart, which makes me think about King David, create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Mm-hmm. It says, I will put a new spirit within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you the heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, because he's the one who wrote the statutes, and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. When you receive Jesus Christ, you are then get, when you are cleansed by the gospel, you are then given the Holy Spirit who writes the law on your heart. Right. You are given a clean heart. That mm-hmm. prayer created in me a clean heart, oh God, is made true. Mm-hmm. You now have a heart, you have a heart after God's own heart. Right. Like that is that is miraculous. Mm-hmm. That that is unfathomable. Right. That's what the gospel does, and it totally gets rid of this whole conversation that, that ultimately is pointless when you just remember that you have the heart of God now. Right. Yeah, a lot of this is tied up in, in uh, obedience, you know? And so, um, you know, it's thinking about, like, when we're trying to obey God before we understand the gospel or without mm. the gospel, we're going to fall into legalism. That's right. If we're trying to... Uh, divorce obedience from sanctification, then we're going to fall into antinomianism. And so we've got to know that we come to Christ and we come to faith in Christ. And then we live out this, this obedience. Jesus says to me, follow me, become like me to do that, to walk in that way is to obey him. Right. What does the great commission say? Teach them to obey. A disciple is someone who is taught to obey all that Jesus has commanded. Right. And so living that out is is a part of God's plan. Yeah. Living out the obedience of of the law and understanding that Jesus said, I did not come to do away with the law, but I came to fulfill it. Right. Yeah, it's like when we disobey Christ, when we disobey the Lord as Christians, people holding to the true gospel, we shouldn't simply ask for forgiveness like, oh man, God, I'm sorry I did this, you know, I'll try never I'll try so much harder not to do it. Instead, what we need to do is go back and say, man, Jesus, I'm sorry because I, I failed in my, you know, I don't I, I don't love you as much as I want to. Right. Help me. Help me to love you more because I love you because you first loved me. And we always get that order. We have to get that order right in order to grow in our love right. for Christ. Yeah, we're not saying that you, we're not, we're not preaching a perfectionism. No, but if you're a no. believer who is not worried about your sin and doesn't take your sin seriously and doesn't, doesn't seek to... Uh, you know, love the things that God loves and hate the things that God hates, then you need to be concerned about your salvation. Yeah, Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but don't do what I say to do? I mean, what he's really drawing out there is like, why Why do you Why do you want me? I just wrote an article on that that yeah. you can go read. It's in our newsletter. It's on my my blog. That was your, about uh, that verse. June, your June mm-hmm. article? It was, nice. about, it was about knowing 
uh, if how, how you can be assured in your salvation. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's and really I pulled helpful. that and yeah. I pulled that verse out specifically. Yeah. Well, we don't want anybody to be like doubting. What we want people to do is is start thinking through um, their motives. Mm-hmm. And so, first, before we get to that, just think through this. This is the answer, right? When we are in Christ, then the Holy Spirit of God is in us. We now love God, and since God and His law aren't separate, we love both God and His law. We're like the the we're like David and Solomon in the you know Psalms saying, "I love your your word, O Lord." You know they're they're crying out they love God's word, and and so it's now no longer a required task. Mm-hmm. We don't feel like the law is something that we have to do. Mm-hmm. It's a desired goal. It's something we're shooting for. It's something we want to do. Right imperfectly but mm-hmm. but it's what we want right right so yeah that's really good yeah so uh you ready to move on to some applications i think here? so i think we've i think we've tackled that i, I hope i hope we have yes um, what does this mean for us how do we how do we apply this how do we live this out in our lives this is hard because a lot of it is is really um taking a look at yourself and what you think and and believe in how you actually live. It's not like what statements would you make. It's it's your attitude, right? And so so you, you simply can't disregard good biblical works. Um, you can't uh, think that way because that's part of how we respond to God's love. Mm-hmm. Um, but you cannot think that works is how we elicit and receive God's love. So those are kind of the like, here are the basic tenets that you have to reject in your thinking. Um, you also can't per- put personal convictions as an expectation on other people. So you really need to look through your feelings. Like, how do you think about other people? How do you think about you and your relation to other people? And are you thinking these ways? But, but then you've got to consider your motives, Mm -hmm. right? Like, why do you seek to obey? Yeah. Is it because you love God or, or are you like trying, are you choosing to love God? Mm -hmm. Or is it because you think this is the only way God will love you. Right. Yeah. I think people, I think people have struggled with, uh, I know personally I've struggled with these areas. Yeah. Different times of my life, more, more falling into the, the legalism type camp, you know, with, uh, you know, growing up as a, as a Baptist and growing up in a, in a pretty conservative church, you know, and if we start to make rules and Mm -hmm. things, you know, one of the things that, that really, uh, frustrated me, uh, early on was I, as a, as a new believer, I was very new. I had a stack of, uh, I think I had like a devotional book or some kind of book and I had a Bible and I set them down and I just had the devotional book on top of the Bible and I just set it down. And one of the, one of the leaders says, don't, don't do that. Mm. Don't put the Bible, don't put another book on top of the Bible. And I'm a new believer and I'm like, whoa, Whoa, I'm like, I'm not, I did not dis, I did not mean to dishonor the Bible in your eyes. I didn't mean to do any of that, but it affected me in a way that's like, there's nothing that says in the Bible that you're not to put another book on the Bible. There are things that say we need to honor God's word and we need to treat it with reverence and we need to treat it with the right proper, you know, way. Absolutely. But, but. I mean, if I'm going around, I'm stomping on it and I'm ripping out pages. Obviously, that's, that's dishonoring. Obvious, yeah. But me carrying it around and setting it on a table with another book on top of it, that has deeply affected me in the way of, mm. of legalism. And it really challenged me to think about why we believe and and put these other things on people that, that don't need don't. to be there. Yeah. You know, we look at other people and we look at other cultures and we say, you need to dress a certain way 
you need to act a certain way, you need to do this. And if it's outside of Scripture, right. then none of those things should be prescriptive on the way that yeah. we need to act. Like you, Just like you said with modesty, mm-hmm. modesty is a, is a cultural thing. What is what is modest in your culture? Right. You know, we see tribes in Africa that Dress walk very around very, you know, yeah. we would think, wow, that's really immodest. But that's their way of life. Right. That's the El- way they Elizabeth, were raised. Eliz- Elizabeth Elliott talks a lot about that in, in her dealings with uh, tribes in, mm-hmm. in uh, Ecuador. And mm-hmm. and it's pretty enlightening uh, to hear. And while, you know, it's even, it's funny because they, they, their tribes were dressed like, uh, very scantily, but then, like, she would suggest, she said something like, you know, uh, why don't you just take that off if you're not going to wear this? And they were like, what? We're not immodest. Right. And you're like, what? <laughs> so so it's just funny how, you know, there are universal truths. Right. We're not saying there are biblical truths, but but sometimes we have to be careful not to, to take these truths and make them um, so so per, um, personal and mm-hmm. so specific that we think that that's the way it has to be applied to every single person everywhere. Right. I think if we miss the heart of what God is saying to us and how he wants that's, us to act and how he wants us to be, then we, we miss everything. You know, right. Jesus said, and Jesus clarified the law because he told, he told the Pharisees, he told his followers, he said, I mean, basically he said, listen, you have not murdered anyone. Mm-hmm. But you guys mm-hmm. walk around full of hatred in right. your heart. That's so right. if you have hatred in your heart, it's as if you've murdered you've someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he's saying it's just because you can walk around with pride and say, well, I've never murdered anyone. I've never broken that law of mm-hmm. God. But yet you hate you hate people. Right. Like you totally miss out on the intent of what of what you're, God is you're saying. still breaking the law, <laughs> right? Like you're still breaking it. And that's why we have to have a love for God and a love for his law, because then we're able to understand what it's saying instead of just, it's like games. I, I do this with students all the time where I'll make rules for games. And it comes to the point where they are so interested in taking the rules and using them for right. their advantage mm-hmm. to whatever, instead of just enjoying the point of the rules is to help you enjoy the game. Well, and to be safe and as to be well. Safe, yeah. Yeah. But to enjoy the game. And when you are constantly just using the rules in order to get around them, you're no longer enjoying the game. Right. And that's what we do when we're legalistic. Right. Once again, you're divorcing God's love from the law exactly. and understanding God has put these parameters you know, he says to us, he wants us to live a long and happy life fulfilled in him. Right. To do that, I need you to follow this law. Mm-hmm. And we look at that and we say, oh, you're just trying to keep me from having fun. You know, right. it's like with your children, you say, don't do this. Yeah. Why would you, why would you bind me in that me. way? Yeah. Why would you take that away from me? No, no, I, I've, I've just mm-hmm. trying to keep you safe. Well, and that's why we have to be careful to make sure, and this is where you know, as far as like parenting and things goes, like we, we have to be careful to make sure that we're not being that way because Mm. in parenting, it can be, we can make rules that are legalistic Mm -hmm. that actually are doing that. Like if we're not careful, we will make rules. We will do things that are missing the heartbeat of what God wants from us as parents to raise our children. And we will, we will put burdens on our children that, that they, they're not really supposed to be carrying. Mm -hmm. And so I think of things like purity to the point of making them think that if you are impure in any way, shape or form, then you're broken for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, Yes, purity is really, really good, and you should teach your children purity. 
You should also teach your children forgiveness in the gospel because they're kids and they're going to mess it up. Right. And you want to help them mess it up as least as possible, but you can't have an unrealistic expectation and think that they're not going to sin. And so how do you help them when they do sin? Well, you what you don't want them to do is to flip-flop and go to the other side and say, well, you know, I, I can never be pure like my, like my parents want me to be, so instead I'm just going to do whatever the heck I want because God loves me and it doesn't really matter. And it's like, no, that's not the truth either. We want to help them have a gospel understanding of how to live out our love for God and our obedience for God well, again, again, it focuses on the relationship. We need to teach our children. Exactly. We need to focus our identity on the relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. and our, we need to teach our children the same thing. That's exactly right. You know, and then when that obedience Unity comes, in Christ. when that obedience comes out of a relationship, it doesn't come from a sense of duty. It comes from a place of love. Right. You know, we, we have a, a, a bond together. I would not, you know, if you ask me to do something or to not do something, I would say, okay, I'm going to do that or not do that thing because I have a love for you. Right. And, and I'm not going to see it as, oh, Brian's just being a jerk again. Right, right. You know? He, yeah. You know, it's like, it, it's one of those things that if we love the Lord and we have this relationship with him, then these things will kind of happen naturally that we will obey him and love. I mean, that's what Jesus says. If you love me, you will obey my commands. Right. That's exactly right. Because we won't find them burdensome. We'll find them light. Right. Um, and so here's, here's, the, here's the deal. We need to reject a legalistic attitude but not biblical obedience. Mm. We need to reject an antinomian attitude, but not biblical teaching. We don't need to reject the seriousness of sin and a proper view of repentance, grace, and mercy. Mm. Above all, we need to pursue Christ. That's what matters. We need to abide in him, and he will abide right. in us. I love I love John chapter 15 for this, where he talks about, yeah. I'm the vine, you are the branches, anyone who abides in me. You know, uh, he's, he's talking about a relationship there. And he's talking about how we need to continually dwell and make sure that we're connected to the Lord in all things. And when we do, we will bear the fruit that needs to be born that's, in our lives. That's exactly right. So it's not that I'm focusing on the law. I don't walk around saying, I've got to obey the, the Lord the, today. Mm-hmm. I've got to, I've got, I don't want to break God's law. Mm-hmm. I say, Jesus, help me to love you. Help me to follow you. Help me to learn how you want me to live and act because I have a relationship with you. That's right. And then when you, when you do that, you can rest, you'll rest in his forgiveness and he will change you. What's going to happen is you're going to read the Bible. You can go back. You need to go back and read the old Testament Mm -hmm. and you're going to read those laws and you're going to see, oh man, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. What that means is God was actually protecting people from like a vengeance right. uh, understanding of justice where it's like, if you, you know, punch him in the face, I'm going to kill your entire family. Like, right. no, that's a great, God's graciously protecting his people um, because he loves us. And you're going to see the law in a light that you didn't see it before because you know, it's God's love for us. And, and your heart is going to be after God's heart. And so you can read all of the Bible and love God and live, uh, live for the law be, by walking in the spirit. Right. It's 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 amazing how it works and uh, and something that we can't do in and of ourselves. That's why we have to abide in Christ. Man, that's so good. This is such a good truth. I I, I think this will be helpful to people, and I really hope that you understand better what legalism is and antinomianism. I uh, find that in church, legalism is is a is a big problem, yeah. and I think we accuse people of legalism if we ask people to read their Bibles yeah. or we ask people to come to church. You know, if I, if I were to say, if you don't read your Bible or if you don't come to church, 
you're not, God doesn't love you or right. you're that's not a, a good Christian. That's that is legalism. But just because we're asking people as pastors to say, listen, we need to be deep mm-hmm. into God's word. We need to be coming to church to experience the community and the worship of our Lord. That's not legalism. Right. So don't, don't confuse uh, our Christian duty and, right. and things that God is calling us to do for our benefit as legalism. That's right. Yeah, you, it's, it's as simple as you plan what you care about. Mm-hmm. And what we're not saying is that plans are the most important things, but we're saying make sure that the, the thing that is most important to you, which should be Jesus, make sure that he actually is. That's right. Instead of just saying it. Mm-hmm. That's right. So All right. we hope that this, this has been helpful for me. Yeah. It's been helpful for everyone yeah. else. Well, we got we got one more episode before the break, break. so hopefully yeah. you can enjoy. And if you're behind on any, you get caught up. The Hard Talks series yeah. that we just finished a couple weeks ago was awesome. I, I really loved doing that. I'm, I'm so really thankful. glad that you uh, designed that series and we were able to talk through it because that was such a, an awesome series. So go back and listen to that if you haven't because I, we really enjoyed that. And then we're looking forward to the fall. Some new things. Some new things, yeah. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And, and we'll see you next time. So I said to Christy, I said, do you want to watch part of a movie tonight? Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. We watch YouTube videos now because it's like, yeah. that's, that's like the amount, like the length of the I content. I think we we'll watched like watch. half an hour of a movie last night. Yeah. And I was like, I got to go to bed. I'm sorry. I kept falling asleep. Oh, that's awesome. They need to have shows for people, like old people. And like the, <laughs> the whole movie, the movie is broken into like 20 minute segments or something. 30 mm-hmm. minute segments, you know? Those are called those are called TV shows. Yeah, well. <laughs>